Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So what did New Englanders think of the Patriots losing Tom Brady to the Bucks? And is this really a good fit for Brady in Bruce Arians' offense? And should the Bucks really be the front runners in the NFC South, or how about in the NFC altogether? We'll discuss all that and more with Chris Torello of Spectrum Sports 360 and Bay News 9 on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick, Hey, Steve, before we get started, I just want to do a shout-out. You know, we got listeners from all over the world, actually. we got people in Australia, different countries, um, but certainly in the United States. I uh, just wanted to mention one, uh, Chris Robles uh, from uh, the Dallas area, works for Constellation, big listener to the show, and uh, is always uh, uh, saying nice things. And, and we, we just want you guys to know we'll be doing this from time to time, but uh, we do appreciate your your patronage. We appreciate your loyalty and, and that you guys uh, listen to us. Monday through Friday, so um, shout out to Chris. We we do uh, we do like hearing from you guys from time to time, and uh, just wanted to say that. Yeah, please also, write, please uh, write, please tweet us. Oh we yeah, we love hearing absolutely. from. We love hearing what you like, what you don't like on the show, and yeah, and just hearing from you. So it's always good, especially in this time when uh, we're all social distancing and not seeing anybody, mm-hmm. or you know, kind of yeah. confined to our own houses and mm-hmm. and that. So yeah, please reach out. We're your new best friends. There's no doubt about that, and that's what we're here to do. Speaking of best friends, we lost one uh, over the weekend and uh, or last week uh, after we were done uh, taping this podcast. Andy Meyer, you guys have probably heard me do a million of these ads for Continental Wholesale Diamonds uh, off of West Shore. Uh, this started back in my DAE days in radio. Andy was uh, a beloved owner of, of that establishment, but just a guy that was very visible in the community and... Um, really generous and and not 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 just with his money i mean this this guy would give time uh and and lots of donations to charitable events throughout the community everybody knew him if you went to a gala you would see him in his tuxedo um very personable guy from philadelphia you know knew everybody up there knew all the sports stars had had sold a gazillion uh diamonds and jewelry to uh, guys like alan iverson and people like that so uh, andy we spent a lot of time in, in, in at Continental Wholesale Diamonds because uh, Tom and I, Tom Jones and I, would go over there, and we would, you know, try to, you know, find out what specials he had for Christmas or holidays that were coming up, and he'd show us some of the merchandise. And mostly, he just wanted to talk. <laughs> he just wanted to talk sports, man. He loved sports. He loved he loved people, and boy, people loved him. And it was tragic. Uh, I don't know if you read the story, um, mm-hmm. but uh, he had decided because of the coronavirus, he had a new grandbaby, and. He wanted to go up to the uh, Philadelphia area, I think it was, and 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 see her. I believe it was a a, a girl, but um, he could have taken a you know sixty nine dollar flight on Southwest. But he thought, you know what, I don't want to catch you know coronavirus or or COVID nineteen or whatever. So he he was a pilot. He flew his own plane. So he flew up there, and there's pictures of him with his grandchild. Uh, and then on the way back, he had some engine trouble and uh, was very calm. He was an experienced pilot. He called in and. They tried to get him to a local airport, and then 
um, he disappeared off the radar and uh, and crashed and was killed. Um, the only passenger, the only person on that aircraft. So uh, look, there's not really words you can say that will help his family or his loved ones, uh, except that uh, I was I was honored to have met him, known him, uh, called him a friend. When we started this podcast, Steve, and you know this story, I was mm-hmm. at, I think, the DeBartolo Gala when I saw Andy. And he came up to me, and um, we had been off the air, off the radio for some time. Uh, and I told him that we were starting this podcast. And he said, literally, he goes, anything you need, I'm your first guy there. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm, in. I'm all in. Whatever the price is, I'm in. And he was. And he, he was our first sponsor, and we had him, I think, on Mondays and Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that for about a year or so. Uh, and so, you know, just just a just a loyal guy and a good friend, and we're going to miss him. And it's uh, my heart goes out to his family. Also, uh, boy, it was, a, it was a tough weekend that way. Uh, a lot of tragedy around. Arkansas State University is where I went to college and played baseball for a couple of years. And um, it is located in uh, this beautiful city of Jonesboro, Arkansas, northeast Arkansas, just about 60 miles uh, west of Memphis, Tennessee. And did you see the tornado? Uh, these mm-hmm. pictures, uh, I've seen a lot of tornado pictures, uh, but boy, this one was just frightening. They were doing it in real time um, on the air, and, and there's been uh, subsequent photos of this monster tornado that ripped literally right through the middle of town. I mean, Caraway, I think, is a street that, that ran from Arkansas State right through town. Uh, and and it, it it ripped up that road and um, you know at a time when when people were home, I guess might have been a good thing if they could get to shelter. But boy, a lot of devastation. I haven't heard um, just what the injuries and and or if there are any deaths. But um, that's a beautiful place uh, in the mid south and um, great people there. They took care of me, this Florida kid. You know that never really lived out outside of the state of Florida, and so. I got a lot of friends up there. I hope they're all safe. And, um, you know, so prayers go to them because uh, they got a lot of rebuilding to do at a time when, um, look, a lot of people are out of work and uh, no one's not been touched by this coronavirus. So it was uh, it was pretty devastating to watch. Okay, the lovely, the talented Chris Torello joins us now. Chris, I haven't had a chance to talk to you, uh, as Steve Versnick would say, since the world stopped. Um, <laughs> so... We're all in the business of sports. I know you've got uh, uh, some people uh, that you're concerned about, as we all are. Um, and uh, also, um, you know, it's, it's been all-consuming, of course. So, so what we do is not as important as what's going on out there. So we're going to talk about all of it, including sports. And um, I, I, I kind of wanted to start with, you know, people have been – I mean, look, I miss sports because this is what I do. And we've been writing about the NFL, and Tom Brady will get into all of that. Of course, you've been doing lots of stories on, on uh, Bay News 9 and Spectrum Sports 360. I'll just say this. I, on one Saturday, okay, it was, a, it was the greatest Saturday ever of sports for me because first I turned on a ball game and I watched Roger Clement or not Roger, I watched Kerry Wood of the Cubs. Hey, although he didn't call the game. I watched him strike out 20. <laughs> I watched him strike out 20 batters. Hi. It was unbelievable. Hi. Hi. Stay, who's the girl in the sombrero? Um, and, I, and I watched I watched him strike out twenty batters. I mean, he was he, he was only his fifth appearance in the majors, which yeah. was remarkable for him to do this. There was, you know, and Wrigley wasn't full, but it was going nuts. Twenty batters, man, against the Houston Astros, playing without the drums, playing without the, uh, you know, the the whatever they bang the trash cans, mm. um, and so they struck out twenty times. 
And then I saw Randy Johnson strike out 20 later that day, and Mark Grace was at first base for both the Cubs and the Diamondbacks when he did it. Then after that, Chris, I watched game six of an NBA Finals that you know Ray Allen hit a three-point shot to tie the game and send it in overtime, and, and the Miami Heat won. So not a bad Saturday in sports, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are probably a few years apart, but uh, you know, it's... <laughs> I'm just trying to look on the bright side, man. Yeah, look up. You know, but here's the thing. Like, I mean, are you want like I am not the type of person that can sit there and watch, you know, like ESPN classics or like you can put you can put all the Patriots are down twenty eight to three on Fox on a Sunday, and I don't give a damn what he or what Tom Brady's Instagramming. Because the game happened already. Like, I can't watch it. <laughs> I, I can't, dude. I'm sorry. It's not real. I did. Like, I watched that. Know? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I can watch Malice at the Palace. That was that was, that was good. Like, that was Bill Walton, like, talking when Ron Artest just breaks out into the stands. Like, I can watch that over because it's complete mayhem. But I can't just watch a regular game or regular setting that's just not enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, but it just, it doesn't work for me. I know it works for a lot of people, but it doesn't work for me. It's the greatest game in modern civilization. Yeah, I you could see color. I could smell colors. I could, see, I could smell know? colors. The Grateful Dead. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Has there ever been a better name than Dead Lip Shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, we bring in the fun back. There you exactly. go. Okay, so it's it's been it's been a little different. It's been a little different. But you know, thank for thankfully the NFL is immune to all of this story out yeah. there, apparently. They just plow on and free agency happened. The last time I talked to you, there was not a Tom Brady as the Buccaneers quarterback. I, every time I write this on Twitter, like Bucks quarterback Tom Brady, it is a little surreal. And I'm not so sure it's actually gonna happen, by the way. Um, yeah, but he is he is signed as the Bucks quarterback. I wanted to talk to you about this. You know, you, you mentioned to me earlier that that Diana Neros, who covers the Tampa Bay Lightning for us when they're playing, um, had written a story as everybody has about the Bucks and Brady at some point. Um, but she wrote one from a New England perspective because, of course, she's from there. You're obviously from there. Spent a lot of time in the Northeast and. I'm just curious, like, what is how? What are what are fans going through in in that area of the country, and and just how bizarre is this story? What are what are what are the emotions right now? I think half of it is, you know, they're. I think it's it's half of them back in like right after the game, right after the Titans' loss, right after, um, you know. By the way, Rick, not for nothing. But, you know, you traded one guy whose last pass was a pick six for another guy <laughs> whose last pass was a That's, pick six. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, That's true. Um, so you have, you have the group that thinks the second he threw that pass against the Titans and they lose that game in Foxborough, it's, okay, he's leaving. We have to kind of come to terms with the fact that he's leaving. Well, he's 40-some-odd years old. He's not going to be that good. You know, I mean, like, you know, we've, we, we've we gone three and three in Super Bowls. It's not like we've won all of them with him, you know, since the Teddy Bruschi days and all that. So I think there was a lot of social cues where you heard some on the radio, some podcasts up there where it was, okay, Brady's old. He's not that good. So let's move on. 
The other half, I think, kind of sat there saying they're going to come to a deal. They're going to come to a deal. There's no way they're going to let this happen. And I think when when it finally happened, when it was your tweets, when it was Schefter's tweets, when it was all the tweets out there, I think that's when it became real for New England that the GOAT was no longer going to wear the Patriot jersey. And now you have a lot of reminiscing. And I think every Patriots fan will put those six Super Bowls on a loop in their basement and watch it every night because that's the last 20 years. You could, I mean, if you're a fan of one city, you know, not just one team, the Boston, New England area, that's like one big high school, you know, Sunday for them is like a Friday night, you know, here in the Bay area where we have, you know, we have stadiums filled up for, for some great football. You know, they're one big high school town, that entire region. And they just watch their boy, Tommy. That was their boy for 20 years. So, you know, and, and the Bruins, the Celtics, the Red Sox, when they're not cheating, I mean, they've had really good runs. So, you know, just to, to lose the pillar of this entire successful two decades for that region, I mean, it's a, it's hard, it's a hard hit up there. But I think they're, for the most part, they're doing okay. But there's a lot of social cues that saying he's not that good, he's older, and the Bucks aren't getting a really good quarterback. They're just getting an average quarterback who happens to be in great shape. Well, okay, all of that is, is probably true. I mean, he is 43. He wasn't going to quarterback forever, but he is going to play this year and maybe next year. And for whatever yeah. reason, Belichick being the probably the biggest reason, is they wanted to move on. They didn't want to guarantee him certainly more than one year, if, if any. Mm-hmm. So they agreed to move on, but there's always, you know, we, we play the blame game in sports, right? And there's going to be people in New England, I'm sure, that's going to say, you know, this was Brady, this was Belichick, uh, neither one or it fall. I mean, what, where do you come down on this? Like, should he have been able to finish his career in New England if he wanted to? And that might be an assumption, but they never really made it possible. You know what I mean? Like he, he wanted yeah. more years. They didn't give him more years. He then fought to be a free agent, fought not to be franchised. Is this is this Belichick? It's not Robert Kraft. We know that Kraft would probably have had him as long as he wanted to play, I would think. Yeah, well, then why didn't he? That's the thing. I was about to say it is Bob Kraft, because as long as Bob Kraft owns that team and he wants Tom Brady, I don't care what anybody says. I have a feeling Bob, Bob Kraft was involved with that Jimmy Garoppolo nonsense. I'm sorry, yes. but Bob Kraft loves Tom Brady like a son. And I think he, he wanted him as long as he could, but I think maybe it, so I think you have to lay it on the owner. Cause if the owner wants something, they get it. That's just the way this works. But, but he NFL, may have especially. learned from, he may have learned from that though. Right. Chris, I mean, he may have said, Hey, you know what? Bill was right. We should have kept Garoppolo. And now he's taking teams like yeah. the 49ers and he's only 26 years old. Oh, so now we're going to rely on Jared Stidham. Like that's your hope. I mean, hey. I don't know. It's gonna. I, 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 for the longest time, I thought they would just go after Jameis. That's probably not happening. Um, do they go after Cam Newton if it's a smaller price? Um, you know, with Andy Dalton, I don't know. So I think the Patriots are gonna let this play out. Um, but you know, I, I just, I ref- And here's the thing: Jets fans, Buffalo fans, Dolphins fans are all like, as if this is over. Like they're gonna. One of them is gonna win the AFC East. Don't tell me Bill Belichick can't take some schlub quarterback and win 10 games. I've seen it done twice. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, New England's going to be fine. So probably Kraft, and then I'd probably – I'd actually probably put more blame on Brady than Belichick because I think Brady, he's a brand. 
And I think he, we've seen how many tweets, how many Instagram posts about the TB12 method since he, since he became a buck. It was oh, almost a like a yeah. release for mm-hmm. him, like where you had to have the muzzle on in Foxborough. No, mm-hmm. I don't need that anymore. I have my Hollywood company now and I can be in Tampa mm-hmm. and Bruce Arians loves me. And so I think Brady's experiencing a rebranding and actually getting to have a life. And he's seeing that where he can do a lot more without being under the guise of, of someone like Belichick. It is going to be refreshing for him. I think I think there's an attraction to that to to just see what it's like to not be under that pressure, to be treated like the same way as a long snapper, for example. But I also I, I also do think that for Brady, it's it's obviously about winning. I think it's about him proving he can do it without Belichick. I think it's about him proving that you know what, yeah, I had this great coach, but you know what, he, we won because of me. I still think there's a little bit or probably a lot of that in him showing that, you know what, even at 43, I'm going to do something no one's ever done before. I'm going to do it in a place where they're, they haven't won squadoosh, you know, in a long time. No. Yeah. I mean, I I can go back and forth on this. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's so tough for me to, you know, I go back and forth. Is it Brady, Belichick, this, that? I mean, look at the two of them. I mean, they're going to be – I mean, I think they've done more. Look at those two. Look at Phil Jackson and whoever he's had. I mean, this is this is the greatest pairing in football history, right? I mean, we have to look at it like that. I mean, sure. there's no, I, I can't think of anyone better than Belichick-Brady. So, I mean, you know, now that they're going to be separated and Brady's going to get to do what he wants down here, I just – you know, I think I just for me, it's like I kind of look back and think, boy, those what those two accomplished with the mindset they created there. I don't think you're going to be able to really duplicate that mindset in either place without both of them being there, you know? Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Um, and, and look, maybe maybe Tom never gets back to a Super Bowl and maybe uh, he takes Tampa to, to a couple playoffs and. And, you know, makes them better the way Peyton Manning made Denver better even after he left. Um, I think this team, you know, this franchise can certainly use that. It's unfortunate um, for, for Bucks fans in particular, but for players and for Brady right now, because whatever yeah. challenge he thought he was facing, it's gotten bigger. There yeah. is no off season right now. Off season was supposed <laughs> to start like tomorrow um, or thereabouts. Uh, and so rather than have guys in the facility, I mean, he's having to, you know, he's having to, to FaceTime them or to, you know, put them on different apps to talk to them in person and get to know them. And um, at some point, I'm sure he'll have them to Montana for some passing camp or whatever. But for right now, he's he's got to do something he hasn't done in 20 years, which is learn a new system, learn new players. And, oh, yeah, by the way, there's no off season going on. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think, you know, Ricky, go back to when I always say like Brady was someone who you had, if you came to the Patriots, you almost had to expect yourself to pick up whatever Brady was going to throw at you, whatever scheme he and Josh McDaniels or Bill O'Brien or Charlie Weiss, whoever, you had to pick up their offense like like the snap of a finger. And if you didn't, Mm -hmm. Brady was going to move on. No better Mm -hmm. case than Chad Ochocinco. Because mm-hmm. Brady Brady admitted he didn't he couldn't pick up the offense. So Chad was basically nothing for one year there. I think he caught a pass in the Super Bowl, but it wasn't really anything relevant. 
And, and I think Brady is the, now Brady has kind of been put on the same level as the Evans and Godwins and Brates and Howards where, okay, I have to learn them as much as they have to learn me. And I have to learn this system where they're more, they've gotten a year with Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians. I now have to make sure that I do as much homework as I can before I step on whatever field I'm on. Whether it's like you said, whether they're out in Montana or wherever, California, wherever. So I think it almost puts them on a level playing field. And if it were a Godwin or an Evans going to the Patriots, I don't think they'd get that same leeway. If that makes a lot of sense, if that makes sense, I think Brady's kind of been brought down a little bit to say, "Hey, you have to learn this," and we've got all these challenges in front of the world right now. So that's just going to maybe allow him to maybe say, "Okay." I have to see what I have here. I know I got great talent. I have to work with them. I can't just think if they don't follow with me, then I'm going to leave them behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, these are his guys. And, you know, there's one thing, the one thought that keeps recurring to me, and, and it was it was overnight. I mean, this Brady thing is so, and you know this with the media, I'm sure you've gotten the phone calls from everybody wanting to talk about Tom Brady, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, the, the, the Twitter followers have gone up and, you know, the hits on the stories and all that. But... What's interesting to me is overnight the Bucks became a favorite, right? Just because of this historic quarterback, this the grade the goat shows up. All right, and yeah, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin had outstanding years, and they've had good careers so far, very good careers. Pro Bowl receivers and OJ Howard does have potential, and 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 we know all of that. And they're going to have another draft. Defense so showed some promise. Here's my question. Are we sure the Bucks are that good? I mean, are we sure? Are we sure that a forty-three-year-old quarterback, even the greatest of all time, right, um, is going to take this team that hasn't sniffed the playoffs? Listen to me now. Hasn't sniffed them. They were nine and seven one year uh, during Jameis's run here, Dirk Cutter's first season. That they're now not just not just a playoff team. They're an NFC favorite. All yeah, of a they're going to have the Super Bowl in Tampa this year. So yeah, have you heard? Yeah, uh, yeah. God, I'm just hoping it takes place. God, at this oh, point, am, well, amen, brother, to that. All of that. I, I mean, I'm, day, look, I don't want to wake up. You know, it's every day I wake up and I'm like, what, what's what's going to go wrong today? You know, so right. that's unfortunate. But yeah, no, you're right. They've gone. They've turned into favorites, and I don't know if they should be, Rick. I, really I don't know. either. <laughs> I don't either. Oh God! I mean, we have to hope that this defense is corrected, right? You know, because I, I mean, how many times did we say it? Like, look at the last part of their schedule. It wasn't as tough as the first part, and then it's Mm-mm. okay. Well, they look at they got Sue back, and they got JPP back, and they got this person back. It's like everyone's a year older. Everyone is a year closer to retirement. It's not mm-hmm. like they're all these young bucks who are, you know, pardon the pun, who are 23 years old. We're all going to go out there like Derek Brooks and Sapp and all them. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I still, for the life of me, I don't know what, where I'm going to predict this team until I see him on the field. And God willing, I hope that's soon. But sure. um, yeah, you're right. I feel like we're all going to have a toned down mentality until we actually see them at the Advent Health Training Center. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And they're going to have pressure, right? I mean, there's pressure yeah. to play in this league anyway. But the New Orleans Saints have won the division three years in a row. That guy is still going to go out there and give it everything he has at 41 years old. They've added some pretty good players, including a receiver from the 49ers. I mean, they, they're going for it. They're putting all, all of it, you know, the salary cap, they're moving yep. back and will be paying for it for years to come. And, and so it, it just seems like, you know, it, it, it's <laughs> enjoy the spotlight. It's really warm there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's really warm <laughs> in the spotlight. And when that schedule comes out at the end of April, Chris, and God knows the NFL is not going to change anything because they're business as usual. Um, and we can get into that, but there's going to be a whole bunch of national TV games with this team. Yeah. Well, I remember a couple of years ago, you were mentioning that nine and seven team, which under the new NFL playoffs, they would have gotten in. Would have made but it. Mm-hmm. I remember that the Dallas Cowboy game got flexed to Sunday night. And mm-hmm. I remember everyone was like, oh my God, this is so big for Jameis and the Bucks. They're on Sunday night in Jerry's world. I remember, what was it, 2017, they're playing the Patriots on Thursday night football uh, in Tampa. Mm-hmm. You know, and they had yeah. the color rush game. You know, like, you know, you had Brady yeah. wearing all white, you had the team in all red. So, They've had those little moments where they've gotten an opportunity to be the the Monday night game or you know but this mm-hmm. is a whole new this is a whole new ball game where you know like Tom Brady would take the field where Jim Nance and Tony Romo basically had their own spot every week guaranteed to them in that stadium in Foxborough because that was where they always went and that wasn't just a regional game that was a national game so you're right. I think the spotlight is going to be a lot. And here's the other thing, Rick, and you and I spoke about this in the Spectrum newsroom. It's not just the games. It's training camp. It's the second Brady puts mm. the helmet on. Like, how did he put his helmet on? Did he put the left strap on first or the right <laughs> strap on first? You know, like, like, did he sneeze? You know, like that was what New England reported for 20 years. He fell down and he got back up. That was a story. That was a lower third. So I kid you not. So this is a different type of scrutiny. And that was where Belichick and Brady were so good because they just said, listen, you shut your mouth and you go to work. We don't feed anybody anything. And the Bucks are a different mentality, especially with a head coach like Bruce Arians, where, you know, he's going to let some things slip, whether it's on purpose or not. And, and I think that's, you know, it's going to have to mix. It's going to have to gel. We're going to have to see how fast – the Bucks can get acclimated to this new because they're now in a way they're kind of the they're kind of the epicenter of football here with mm-hmm. Tom Brady. No doubt. I mean, I don't know the Kansas City Chiefs. I watched them win a Super Bowl. I don't see yeah. them mentioned a whole talked about a whole lot. So yeah. no, it's definitely going to be Brady. The story of the year is going to be Brady and the Bucks. And you know, to that end, and you mentioned it a minute ago. Uh, okay, so they kept their front seven together. They. You know, use the franchise tag on Shaq Barrett. They re-signed JPP, which I maintain, and this is just a theory of mine. The guy is an absolute physical marvel. I don't know how he does what he does at his age. But but in a weird way, not playing for six weeks last year may have kept him fresh, may have actually benefited from that from a leg standpoint, that when he got back, uh, he was able to have eight and a half half sacks in ten games and, 
and, and benefited, of course, from Shaq being on the other side. They bring back Indomitian Sue just this past week. What do you make of this group You know, right now? Because, I mean, Sue is, is a story unto himself. At this point, you know, he's not the best pass rusher on his team or even the best defensive tackle on his team. That's Vita Vea. Uh, and yet, do you think this group here can hang together long enough um, to get it done? In other words, did what we see last year, can they transfer that another season? Well, I don't know if this – I think my answer comes in how I look at the NFL draft for them. If sure. I can – if if they can snag a defensive ta- – a, a young athletic defensive tackle or uh, some type of corner they like or some type of pass rusher they fall in love with, I, I would rather them mm-hmm. use that first-round pick to help the defense. I mean that. Yes. I, I really think that there are some – some guys that could really help them. And you need that rotation more than anything. You mentioned that it's Vita Vea. Could you imagine if a guy like Derek Brown from Auburn, who we saw play mm. in the Outback Bowl, if he were to fall to 14, it's not a stretch. If he fell to 14, would that be a Javon place? Kinlaw. Javon exactly. Kinlaw maybe or something. There are names that are out there, and if they are there for the taking, you have yeah. to grab them because it's about talent. Remember, they could have had the Polk County they, they could have the Polk County hero playing safety for them. They, they chose to move back, and they get Vita Vea, which is fine. It's over and done with. But if you're taking talent like Jason Light and Bruce Arians say, then you need to go and get yourself, you know, one of those best defensive players on the board and, and just add to your defense because you're going to need as much in the arsenal as you can, like you said, for a full season because I do think Sue and JPP are going to have those games where they're going to be a little non-existent. And it's not, I don't know if that's their fault. It's just the way that things work sometimes. And you're going to need fresh bodies, young bodies that are willing to go out there and give you that motor. So if you could pair someone with Vita Vea and then just have those veterans just coming in and giving you what they have for a few plays here or there, that'll work beautifully for the Bucks. But it's all going to be about the draft because if they can supplement what they've done, maybe sneak in another free agent here or there and, and tidy things up with their with their budget and their salary cap, yeah, they could be in position. But again, I mean, how many times do you win the Super Bowl in March and April? You don't. Oh yeah. So you know, but yeah. So I need to see this team what they do in the draft. But if they can add a couple young defensive players that have an impact to go with those veterans, I'll like them even more. I love the way Sue and Vita Vea match together. So I think if you can do that a little bit more, that'd be even better. I think, uh, you know, Bruce Arians mentioned it on his conference call that we had with him the other day. seems like all I do is conference calls. But um, he he talked about, you know, what are the needs you still have? Clearly they have a need for a pass-catching running back, right? I got three down back because we know Ronald Jones can run. He can maybe even run some screens. But he's not going to be a route runner. You're not going to split him out wide. And he's not a great blocker, so you can't get your quarterback killed uh, on a on a miss blitz pickup. And then the, and then he mentioned depth in the defensive backfield, which they've drafted six of these guys in two years. But I think he means safety because we don't yeah. know what Justin Evans' future is. He may not play at all, right? And so they still have Jordan Whitehead and Mike Edwards, which is nice. Uh, this kid Dakota Dixon, they were really high on last year before he got hurt. He'll be back, but they could use a veteran safety of some kind. So. Look, I think they're going to draft the right tackle. I think that they have to look at this draft, and if at 14, one of the top four guys are there. But I'm with you. If it's not, and if it's a defensive tackle, you don't hesitate. You you just go for it 
and then try to find your your your, yeah. your right tackle someplace else. And I know they signed one, of course, from Indianapolis, a guy that can play inside or outside. So he's sort of a sort of a swing guy, if you will. But um, but but they have to protect Brady. Number one, they got to give him a running back he can throw to, right? So they're still not a they're still sort of searching for some pieces here. No, you're right about the pieces, and I think. Um, you know, I, and I, I think for Bucks fans, you know, I've seen some, this is smaller discussions. Now that you have Brady, it's would have been different if you had had a, you know, but I would think if I look at quarterback, that's not something I even worry about now, you know, like, because one, the, the Patriots never, I think the, the only time they ever drafted somebody in was Jimmy Garoppolo and he was what in the sixties, something like that, yeah. perhaps. So Brady's never, you know, so I don't worry about quarterback, which means I can focus in on, like you said, if I can get myself one heck of a great offensive tackle that I really want at 14, I take them. If, if they're not there and I really want to take a really athletic interior lineman or someone that can play in the, you know, kind of play in the back there, defensive backfield, I take them, you know, and I really think within those first two rounds, Rick, that's where you're going to really say, okay, we value this position. We value the trenches, which I think is, you know, if they could get a defensive lineman and an offensive lineman, that'd be beautiful. That's exactly what you need. But if you need to go get that defensive back, you go get that defensive back. So that's where they need those first two rounds are going to be critical. Which two of those three positions are we talking about? And I think that's going to mean a lot. But I, and then, you know, who I really like just to go further in the draft, a guy like Cam Akers from Florida State. I love this kid. I think he would be perfect for Tom Brady. Not too far for him to come from Tallahassee either. Right. No, there are some good running backs. He's certainly at the list. I think even even P Ryan uh, at Florida could yeah. do some things if they if they had to go that route. There are going to be plenty of pass catching backs. I've mentioned that. You know, maybe my favorite is is, is Clyde uh, Edwards Hilaire, um, and you know. Not a, not a, you know, he's a four, six guy, at least at the combine. He can run better than that. But I think, you know, you Brady likes to check the ball down, likes to throw to his running backs. And there's, there's all this concern, right? About whether Brady can still throw the ball down the field. Is he going to fit in this offense? Is he going to get hit too much? I think that, that Arians is smart enough, right? Having at one point, let Ben Roethlisberger call his own damn plays. I think he's smart enough to fashion this offense, not the terminology, but He's smart enough to let Brady, you know, throw the ball as Brady says to the open guy, whether that's checking it down or or hitting the seams with the tight ends or whatever he wants to do. Don't you think? I remember listening to that pre- that teleconference with Brady, and whenever he said that, I just tweeted that out. I said, "This has to be music to Bucks fans' ears." Hearing somebody say, "Oh, the guy is open. I'm gonna throw to him." Like, I mean, I'm not gonna try and force it into a window here. You know, right, Brady's right. never. Brady, you know, for all of Brady, he doesn't take a lot of chances, Mm. you know? And I don't mean that in a negative way. He's going to take the sure thing. He's going to find the open Julian Edelman and trust that if he catches it three yards over the line, he's then just going to bust out and make great play. Wes Welker, Rob Gronkowski is going to catch a beautiful pass over the middle and he's going to truck over some safety, some poor safety. And then... 
You know, that that's the way Brady's always operated. So you're right. And I really think Byron Leftwich is key in this too. I took some slack for this throughout the year because I really thought Byron Leftwich, there were some games where he probably didn't have some great play calls, but how much of that was Jameis and a receiver not being on the same page? We know a lot happens after, you know, the after hut, after the if they hike the ball, there's a lot that happens. So I, I think Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady are gonna work together well, as well as Bruce Arians. So um, you know, I, I really think that, you know, Brady can do whatever he wants on the football field. I just think he knows what's high percentage, what's going to be successful. Because, Rick, if you can get the ball inside the 20, more chances than not, you're going to push yourself down to the 10, to the 5. And then you know what? You take your chances right there. And I'll take Tom Brady running an offense from the 5-yard line more than most most quarterbacks that have ever played the game. So uh, I, I think Brady's the type of guy that's going to put you in position to get you points. And I think that more than anything is is what the Bucks need because they'll win a lot of games if they have to settle for field goals a couple times, score a couple touchdowns. You're sitting there at 24, 27 points, and if your defense is just good enough, you can win a lot of football games. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't I don't buy this. You know, uh, he's going to take a lot. He's not going to drop back seven steps and then no. you know five guys running running streaks. I mean, that's just not really what the offense is going to be. Um, and the one thing about Brady is, look, he's never been mobile, right? We, everybody knows where he's going to be in the pocket, okay? And mm-hmm. he can take care of the, the rush in front of him. They're going to have to protect his, the edges, obviously, and that means Donovan Smith. I think these guys can block a different way because Tom gets the ball out of his hands. I think that's a big thing, right? You never knew mm-hmm. Jameis necessarily how long he was going to hold it. Um, with Brady, if you're in pass protection, you know the ball's coming out. You can be a little more aggressive even setting up as a pass blocker. You can come off the line of scrimmage and actually thump some people as opposed to trying to play catcher. And I think all that sort of matters in there somewhere. The one thing I also noticed about him now, and you've seen this uh, for sure, Chris, is that when somebody wins off the line of scrimmage right away with Tom, he just throws it out of bounds. If he sees it, if he sees a guy win right away, he ain't even gonna try to, to dodge no. anybody. He just he doesn't want to get hit. He's smart enough not to get hit, and he'll he'll throw it out of bounds and, and live for another day. Well, look at Peyton Manning. I mean, the final two years of his career, it was like he like if the guy was in five yards of him, he just he, he just turtled. Fell. Yeah, exactly. He mm-hmm. just fell, and that's not a bad thing. If you still no. have the ball after the play, you can. That's live. right. And that's, that's, right. that's the biggest thing. And and I think some of the younger quarterbacks and Jameis is in there. He's he's still young. Um, I think that there was always that fear that, oh, no, I have to make a play or I have to do something that's going to be a positive. So Brady's that's where I think these older guys have been so successful is because for them, it's like, I'll just chuck it on the ground and take the, you know, the the receiver was right there. You know, Eli Manning did that a bunch, especially Mm -hmm. late in his career here. So, um, you know, yeah, I think Brady's just really smart. (laughs) Um, you know, I think I thought Jameis was really smart, though, too, you know, so I just think it's a matter of that instinct, that that instinct decision that you make when the ball's about to come out of your hands. And I think Brady's a little is certainly better than Jameis, but I think they both have high IQs. All right, folks, uh, you're going to get spoiled because that's just part one. We're going to have more of Chris Torello later this week. We'll talk a little bit about Jameis Winston and his prospects uh, in the NFL where he might wind up as well as Cam Newton and some others. We'll have some fun too talking to him about 
some of the shows that you can watch while you're waiting for sports to start again. We're also going to have a mailbag on Wednesday, so get your questions in now. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. And then we'll have Matt Baker later this week. This would have been final four week in the NCAA in the tournament. Of course, uh, you know, Tampa was going to host the first and second round games, and so much has been lost uh, as a result of that in the sports scene locally. But we'll have Matt to talk about that. And also uh, the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg is coming back here maybe uh, at, a, at another time, and it will be the last race, I guess, on their circuit. So we'll discuss all of that with Matt. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.